Welcome to the Success Fundamentals Podcast, where we will be interviewing people who have reached greatness in their respective fields and get an insider's view on what it takes to get to the top. Our aim is to uncover their deepest motivations, beliefs, and methods to achieving success so we can all gain wisdom from their experiences. Please welcome your hosts, Christopher Sykes and Brian Goldsack. Welcome to another episode of Success Fundamentals Podcast. I am your co-host, Chris Sykes. And I am Brian Goldsack. And today we have a very special guest with us. Her name is Romy Newman, who is the co-founder of Fairy God Boss, which is the largest career community for women and the place where millions of women are finding their next job. Um, That's amazing. Romy, Mm -hmm. thank you for spending your time with us today. Thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely. So I, w- I want to get right into your story. Obviously, you're doing fantastic with Fairy God Boss. And I actually looked up what Fairy God Boss mean and I, I, I admit, you know, what, what it means. And I didn't I didn't have to go far. So I went to your website and it says a person who elevates women at work. So before you became this superstar business person who, you know, started this company, Fairy God Boss, what is your story? What What made you start this entire thing? Yeah. Well, so I think it's fair to say I've always been very ambitious. I grew up in New York City and my mom had a big, big job at a a big, big corporate job. She was an insurance broker, still actually is an insurance broker. And so I was very aware of her career. I was very aware of her career experience. I was very aware that, you know, this was in the 80s. So coming of age at a time where she was working in a man's world. Right. And going to work and the like the little scarf tie and the animola, <laughs> right? And um, so I always knew I wanted to be in business. And I started my career at Estee Lauder, where I worked in marketing, had a great experience, but realized that I had not gone to school for business. I'd gone to school for liberal arts, and I thought I could really benefit from an MBA. Hmm. Um, so... I went to Kellogg, was so lucky to get an MBA there. And it was also just kind of a great experience because I'm like a business nerd. And I like talking about strategy and studying strategy and talking about how all these different businesses have created themselves and and, um, meeting other people who love business. Anyway, so following that, I had a couple different jobs, but ultimately I was really fortunate to kind of rise through the ranks at the Wall Street Journal. Um, Ultimately, I ended up, First, I was the general manager of the print newspaper, uh, and then mm, was, wow. yeah, and then was moved into a role to run digital advertising revenue, um, and um, benefited from working with amazing people, great leaders who taught me so much, and great colleagues, and a great product, and um, then kind of over time. It had been seven years. My life had changed a lot. I had I got married while I was working at the journal. I had two kids. Um, and I realized that there were a lot of reasons it was time for me to kind of look for the next thing. Mm. And um, partly it was because, honestly, media, digital advertising, print advertising is a tough industry. And I saw all these startups, like these high-flying ad tech startups who would come in to, come to our office and sell us stuff. And I was like, how do I get over there? That looks good. <laughs> um, 
And so ultimately, I was really lucky to get introduced to my co-founder, Georgine, who had had the idea for Very God Boss, a career platform that would support women. Uh, and I thought, you know, I would have always wanted to start my own company. And I also would have never had the courage to start my own company. And here she was saying, like, I've got the company. I've got the idea. I just need a co-founder. And I thought, you know, if not now, when? Let's give it a try. Wow. That's amazing. So, Romy, you have a background in, in liberal arts. Yes. And then you went to quite a prestigious business school to get your MBA. Yeah. I, I, I sometimes talk to people that, let's say, had a liberal arts degree initially that will get an MBA and say that there is almost like a paradigm shift that occurs in their thinking, obviously on business, but just in life in general. Uh, so how did pursuing business after a liberal arts degree change you, or do you feel that it changed you? It's a great question. And I think there was like a one minute moment where I thought I might become a professor of American studies. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, I think, if anything, business school really opened my eyes to the possibilities of business and the excitement. And the, you know, I, I had at the time I'd worked at Estee Lauder and I had one very finite corporate experience. I don't think I realized how much room for creativity and for creation and for also positive social impact could come out of the corporate and business world. I see. I see. And then, I mean, candidly, the other thing I just had no understanding of was finance. And, <laughs> you know, I, I knew like a budget and a profit and loss, but I didn't understand how companies finance themselves or, or what it takes to finance a company. And, and now as an entrepreneur for a venture back company, understanding that means so much. Mm. Were there any events that transpired throughout your career that gave you fuel to create a business surrounding empowering women in their careers? So, yes and no. I mean, I will say I feel I've been very fortunate. You know, I, I was one of the few executive women at the Wall Street Journal, and I certainly was aware of that. I think the way that I was most aware of it was – that I could see very clearly that our entry level was like 50-50 men and women. But then at the top, I was the only woman. So naturally, hmm. like 200 women would seek out mentorship from me. Right? And uh, it just was very imbalanced. But um, I also, like, I owe my career to a manager I had, who a male manager who supported me and really helped lift me up along the way. Um, and gave me opportunity. So I, I, you know, I, I don't, I think I haven't had, I've been so fortunate. I know a lot of women who've had very negative experiences. I've not. Um, but what I will say is that even just kind of the experience of, I had a job where I was like very physically visible. We had this big sales team, 500 people. And they saw me every day going through two pregnancies with everybody looking at me. Like mm -hmm. I was just, very aware of it. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Romy, you you mentioned that Georgine is it Georgine or G Georgina? Georgine. Georgine. So you mentioned that Georgine had this 
had this concept for Fairy God Boss, and you told yourself, if, if I don't do it now, then when? So what about the concept of Fairy God Boss made you join her in this, in this incredible journey? Yeah, so there's actually a whole story, which is that Georgine was my um, colleague. She was an executive at Dow Jones as well. And she, um, she was unexpectedly fired from her job in a big management shakeup. And when it happened, she was two months pregnant. No one knew she was pregnant. It was not a case of discrimination. But it meant she knew that she would basically have to go interview for her next job while she was visibly pregnant. And so it put a fine point for her on the notion that she wanted to be able to get a lot of information about different companies before she even went on an interview. Because there were questions about the company she wasn't going to be able to ask on the interview. Like, do women with children rise to the top of this company? Uh, mm-hmm. What's your maternity leave policy? Will there be other women in the room with me? Um, so she wanted to know the answers to all these questions. She knew they were not things that you could ask. So she went online to collect this information. She's a real product person. She couldn't find the answer on tools like LinkedIn, Glassdoor. These are all tools that are designed to provide kind of additional or, or supplemental information, but they didn't address this issue. And she said, well, there's 73 million women who work in America. I know others must have the same question. Uh, so instead of finding a new job, I'm going to build a tool that will help them all. And she realized she didn't want to try to do it alone. She wanted a co-founder, and that's how she approached me. So I think what really appealed to me was, first of all, it was just true white space, right? Like there was no other tool like this. There was a very clear user need, it seemed. Um, So there's a real opportunity, upside in the opportunity. And then from a social mission perspective, our social mission is to improve the lives and workplaces of women, certainly something I want to do at scale, um, particularly, I think, for women who are less privileged. And then lastly, I think there was a real aspect of, um, I, I believe there's a huge opportunity for women to collaborate more, to come together more, to support each other more. There historically have been some kind of negative trends where women are not supporting each other in the workplace. And so the idea of building a platform that women, where women could support each other uh, systematically and at scale seemed magnificent. And so that was what appealed to me about it. Do you, do you find that there is any change in businesses accountability as a result of your platform? Does that make, does that question make sense? Um, So I think, I'd like to say it's because of our platform, <laughs> but I also think that the world has, there's much greater business accountability around the issue of gender, gender diversity, around the issue of racial diversity, around the issue of greater inclusion. I think it, it, it's certainly clear to see there's been a major transformation in the corporate world in the last few years. Um, I don't know if we're sort of a chicken or an egg to it. I <laughs> I hope to be a chicken, I think. But um, uh, I think, you know, look, we started in 2015. And at that time, we spent a lot of, we, we would pitch companies to come be our corporate partners. And I spent a lot of time pitching why they should invest in gender diversity, why gender diversity would help improve their business. And I generally never have that conversation anymore, very rarely. More, I, I'm talking to companies that, 
know they should invest in gender diversity and are looking for the tools that will help them advance it. Um, so the world has changed. I think, you know, um, the first there was um, Hillary losing the election. Then there was the um, Me Too, the kind of acceleration of the Me Too movement. And then the the horrible murder of George Floyd and, and other ongoing tragic racial injustice that we see that companies have gotten become much more aware of. And, and I think all those things are also part of a change that we're seeing in the employee bases of corporations where there's just much more employee activism and an expectation of employees that their, their employer will help represent their values or advance their values, um, participate in kind of a national conversation in a bigger way. So, um, all that to be said, whether we've been part of it, which maybe we, I'd like to think we have in small, some small way, the, move, the movement toward looking for tools that help accelerate diversity and inclusion is certainly underway. Romy, um, this, this show is called Success Fundamentals. And earlier in our conversation, you said you're, you're, you were a, you're a naturally driven type person. Yeah. So what are some of your philosophies, beliefs around that drive? And what is, what are you trying to accomplish personally now? Because I know that, that, that you said that you want to grow very, got, I mean, it's doing very well. I mean, from based on what I've researched, you have 103 employees, so you're doing fantastic. But where does that drive come from? And, and where, where do you see this company going? So, I love a challenge <laughs> and I think there's nothing that kind of lights me up like facing a challenge and surmounting it. And so to me, the, you know, where I'm trying to go, I just like, I'm after success and certainly financial success would be nice, but really I love the idea of like accomplishment, accomplishment, achievement really fire me up. And so already I'm really proud of what we've accomplished and achieved, but I think there's so much more to do. Um, we're a venture-backed business, so we continually have to raise new rounds of financing. We'll have to raise the next one. And ideally, there's some sort of magnificent ed exit at the end of all this. Um, <laughs> but I think just every day getting up to get to do this and do the kind of work I like I dreamed about in my Kellogg days every day has been incredible, and it really keeps me going. Um, also the word that I use with my team, the word I'm obsessed with is hustle. Mm. I love to be busy. I love to do lots of things at once a lot of the time. And I love to kind of like make things move and make things happen. And so I find a lot of excitement around that. Um, <laughs> and then lastly, what I would say is that, um, I, it's really, I am motivated by teaching and by mentoring. And so having grown into a larger company, it's really satisfying to help our employees grow and develop and get promoted. Um, and so that's, it's really thrilling. One other thing I will say is that um, the biggest difference between what I do now and when I worked in a corporate world is I was in a function. I was in a single function, right? I worked in ultimately advertising sales. And so I could affect my part of the business, but I couldn't like 
let's say I was interested in technology, I couldn't really roll up my sleeves or get involved in what the technology team was doing because I was in advertising sales. Running a company, I get to be in everything. Hmm. And I love that. Um, it's just so interesting to be able to understand all the facets that come together to be a business and be a successful business. Excellent. So, Romy, we've increasingly been asking more abstract questions to our guests, uh, hopefully to evoke thought. But since you are a successful person, successful business owner, uh, I, I think that it's important for our viewers to get views on two aspects of your life. Number one, what are your views on money in general? And does power play any role in your vision of success? Those are big questions. Uh, <laughs> so money. Um, so I think there's um oh, my, like I'm going to quote Kanye West. Has anyone ever done that on this show? No, you'll um, be the first. You, you will be the be first. The first. <laughs> a great quote, which is um, having money is not everything. Not having it is. Mm. And yeah. so, um, <laughs> so I think look, money is a really great enabler and. I think financial insecurity keeps people, anyone from being able to, to live their best life or do their best thing. Um, but then if you can get to a point where you're at least moderately financially stable, then it has to be about investing your money, just like you, by the way, invest your time in the mm -hmm. things that will have the highest return to you. They're both very constrained resources, right? Mm, so true. If you are, you know, if you are at a point where you're not financially stable, then really most of your time and attention is going to be going to becoming more financially stable if you can't. But once you are, it's about how, how you spend that money to further your own kind of happiness, mental wellness, wellness, um, kind of the, the things that fulfill you and satisfy you. And so I very much view money as a means to an end to be able to do those things. Um, but I'm lucky enough to have enough stability that I can say that. Mm. Uh, so okay. that's the money thing. And the power. Here we go. That's the big one. Yeah, I think. I don't. I want to be able to make change. And to make change, you have to have power. Um, so, but I, I think it's, it's power for the sake of being able to have influence. Like, I, I mean, a great example is I've actually just started working with the Jackie Robinson museum, which is in going up in my neighborhood and trying to help the foundation finish out their capital campaign. And, um, if you have power, you can help raise the money. Right. It's just power, influence, connections make the difference and it enables you to bring better things, I think, to the world. So I, I think I am very interested in power to the extent that it can help me reach other goals in my life, whatever, you know, in service to my community or in service to my family, something like that. 
That's amazing. I, that's amazing. I, I, and also, too, I think you made some really, really great points, Romy, because I think that I think one of the reasons why and again, this is just me making an, an assumption. Yeah. I think one of the reasons why you joined Fairy God Boss was be, maybe sub maybe maybe not they that may not have been the forefront on your of your brain or at you know the forefront of your brain, but in terms of power and in you know financial success. But in a way, you and Georgine went down this path to make change in a specific area. Yeah, and you know as 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 you get more successful in this area, you grow in power because guess what? You're more women are coming to your company to find those answers that Georgine could not find. Right. And as your influence starts to begin to grow, as your company starts to begin to scale, you're able to have a certain power and influence in changing something that you want to see change in a very massive way. Right. Yeah. So, I think from a success standpoint, I think every successful person has a power dynamic. Now we all know that some people use that power dynamic in a negative way, but some, but people who you don't start a company like you and Georgine started for something negative. You started from, you, you see, you saw an issue and you attacked it and you're gaining power so that you can, so you can affect it in a more powerful way. If that makes sense, so I think it's a beautiful thing personally, and I and I and I wanted to continue to to see you all thrive. Now, my question after all of that, what does Fairy God Boss help women do? Yeah, so we help women improve their career. So whether that's by providing them advice about how they can be more happy and successful in their current role or advice about how they can be happy and successful in a new job and find a new job uh, and supporting them through the job seeking process. So our goal is to help every woman have a better career um, throughout all the various stages of what that career is and means. Fantastic. And again, this is success fundamental. So what does success mean to you? Yeah, I think I'd reiterate, there's something about achievement. I, I love, so my co-founder is like the visionary. She has the ideas. Me, and she kind of like thrives on ideas and like figuring out what works and what can, what can be. I thrive on setting a goal and achieving it. Like I would just do that all day if I could. <laughs> <laughs> I just, there's nothing I love more than setting a goal and achieving it. Um, and so to me, success is setting a Big goal and achieving it. I love that. I love that. So if someone listening now were, well, I'm pretty sure they are, are going to be inspired by listening to what, what you have to say about business, about how to go for what advice. So based on your experience on how you took the leap yeah. and now you you and Georgina are successful and, and are going to continue to be successful. What would you, what advice would you give someone who wants to go down your similar path? Yeah. Two, two things. Um, one is don't ever let you, what you think your own capabilities are keep you from aiming for more. So one of my favorite things about this whole experience has been 
in order to be successful, we had to do a lot of things we had never done before. Like, great example is that neither of us had ever worked on SEO, search engine optimization, of content. And we knew from early on it was going to be essential to us acquiring an audience. So we didn't say, oh, we don't need to know how to do this. What do we do? We just went and read a lot and tried a lot of things. And lo and behold, we did it. We can do so much more than we think we can if we just try. And don't let a fear of failure, a failure, fear of inability keep you from just trying. Just try. What's the worst that could happen, right? We can do much more than we think we can do. That's number one. And then number two is something that I just learned over the course of my career. I, I, while I was at the journal, I started in like a financial strategy position. And I, by the time I was done, I was in sales and I love sales. And I think it's like so many life lessons. I also love it because it's very much like that achievement thing, right? It's like, you have a number, you know, if you make it, but um, what sales taught me was not to be afraid of hearing no. And I think a lot of my life, I've been so afraid of somebody telling me no and I've taken that no to heart or I've, I've thought, oh gosh, I can't believe I, I, if this person thinks I can't do this, I must not be able to do it. Um, and my mentor, Michael Rooney, who was like this, this man that I owe my, so much of my career to, um, his, he used to say, every sale starts with no, right? Like no isn't the end, it's just the beginning. And so we cannot take no's to heart. In fact, we should seek no's because it's just, you have to get no's to get to yes. Um, so don't be afraid of no. So Romy, what are you working on now? Catch our audience up on, on basically the edge of your career. What are the current struggles and what are the current problems you're trying to solve? Yeah, I think what's interesting is um, this is less about a product standpoint and more about like running a company. Scaling has been hard. Hmm. It, it, um, we tripled in size last year as a company, and it is so hard when there are many more people that are new to the company than there are people that were there before in terms of transferring cultural knowledge or inf information, um, company information, and just kind of like steering a ship that's growing and changing so rapidly mm. um, has been really one of the greatest career challenges I've ever faced. And then throwing in the added <laughs> challenge of doing that in a virtual world has just mm. been like crazy. So I we have, we have a lot of employees who have never, ever met each other, never been to our office, you know, who I think think each other are two-dimensional because um, <laughs> <laughs> we've been on so much Zoom. Um, but uh, so I think from a, from a kind of running a company standpoint, that has been a really big challenge. Um, in terms of what are we doing in, for Fairy Godboss, it's about, you know, we're so happy there are 2 million women using our site. And I think wow. um, each month, yeah. And so what we're trying to do, though, is take that two and make it 10, right? And so how do we, we we've got like the, the seeds of the growth. And now how do we just like set it, light it up, set it on fire? Wow. I love that. It's so exciting. it's very, very exciting. So Romy, so like, right. So like now, you know, I think you told us scaling is a challenge. And, and actually it sounds to me again, an, another assumption, 
that it's it's almost a good thing because you're growing. If two million women are using your site a month, and you're trying to scale that, you're ha- you have a great problem to have. You're trying to figure out how to grow and sus- sustain the growth of these women using your website, um, and getting help in areas that they need most. Um, what's important to you now? Like you know, you've you know you've went from corporate. You're now you're a business owner. You're a co-founder. You're helping with these venture projects. What's important to you now? Well. So we didn't talk a lot about this, which I think is interesting. The number one most important thing to me every day is that I'm a mom. I love it. And my kids are nine and seven. So even before I run a business, it's about them. Um, but after that, I think, I think similarly in many ways, it's that I want to make sure our employees have a great experience so that they make it. it this, at the beginning, this company was so much about what me and Georgine did. But then now I think it's all about what our employees can do and will do and how do we make them happy and best set up for success. I and, love oh, it. Sorry, and the, sorry, the one other thing I'll say is that my son is so into baseball. His whole life is. <laughs> um, but, so I wasn't a big sports person, but I'm paying a lot of attention to baseball these days. And so I think of myself as like the manager of the team, right? So my job is to help everybody reach their potential and perform at their very best. And then maybe they're not the right player and they're out of position. I got to get the right player in, but um, how do we get it? What makes a really successful team it's successful? I think for a team is winning. Um, it's about Absolutely. engagement, performance, collaboration. And so I'm thinking a lot about all those things. You know, you just sparked a question in my mind about, about that. You said the most important thing, I think, I think being a mom and every, I respect mom's top to bottom. I think you all have the, one of the probably the hardest job in the world and, and you're a business owner. So for the mom out there, so what advice would you give the mom? Right. So someone who has that important hat, but wants to go out on their own to, to change something. And also too, before I, I have you answer that question, I think, you and Georgina are brilliant. Here's why. The reason why I say that is because based on what you're saying now, it's, it's anybody listening can have an idea or a problem that they're trying to solve, right? I don't think I'm pre- being, I'm pretty sure like this, this issue was specific to women who like are trying to find jobs when trying to, while they're visibly pregnant. And Georgine was like, well, I want to, these are very important questions I want to know. I, I'm, I went to every website I could to try to find these specific answers and I couldn't find them. So let me just make a company to figure this out. Yeah. So I think the inspiration you give, you and Georgine give, is if you, if you see an issue, there is something behind it. You just have to figure out how to, you know, of course have proof of concept and because you know that's that i knew for, for you all found like uh you found the pond where all the fish were because i'm pretty sure yeah. many women have these have, have have those questions and you created a company around that which i think is amazing but to my original point what advice would you give the mom who is juggling being a mom and wanting to be that extremely successful business person as well what, what advice would you give them yeah, I mean, I think I, I say it's all about ruthless prioritization, 
right? I think it's entirely possible to do both, but you're going to have to decide what you're doing and only do those things. So whether it's, um, you know, I block time in my day for my kids. I block time in my day to work out. I block time in my day to work. And, um, and I have to figure out how I make back to kind of the resource constraint idea. How do I make the very most use of every time that I have? Um, and I will say to you that I probably don't spend as many hours working. I think I don't spend as many hours working as I did before I had kids, but I think the work I do is more productive and has more impact hmm. because it forces me to just get rid of anything that is not essential or high value. Um, right. And so I have to spend more time thinking about is what activities are going to have the most impact. So it's like I'm constantly doing this ROI calculation of every activity I take on. Say, well, if I, I have an hour right now, I can spend it doing X or Y, which is going to have more impact. And I, I may never do the other one. That just helped me out. Thank you for that. <laughs> that's, that's pretty powerful stuff. That everlasting ROI calculation going yeah. on at all times is, yeah. is um, it's a powerful tool. Yeah. So, Romy, as we, as we begin to, to wind down, we ask a question of our guests uh, to, to try to really just sum things up on success fundamentals. So for you, what is the bottom line of success? I'm not sure it's going to be the answer you want to hear. So the other thing we didn't talk about is that I'm a yogi. And ah, so, <laughs> okay. I, I think ultimately success is like mental wellness and contentment. And um, I've been talking a lot about like there's this wellness wheel and there are all these different aspects of our life, right? There's career, there's family, there's social life, there's community orientation. And the, the most well-being we'll have from our in our lives come when, when many of these different areas are fulfilled. Hmm. And so to me, success is about being able to fulfill all these different parts of your life. I love that. I <laughs> think great. No, that's a great answer. I think, and Brian, I would love to hear your, your comments on this too, but I think that's a, that's a great answer. And the reason why I think that's a great answer because normally the traditional view on success is either is, is materialistic, right? You see people on with, with these high end cars, with this on vacation lot, you know, have this big house or on these private jets. But I think in order to if, if that's what you aspire to, to have, that's perfectly fine. But I think it starts with m mental and physical wellness. You work out, right? You do. You know, you're a yogi, right? It's, you know, with me, same same here. I work out five days a week. I think that I think that start of my day helps propel me throughout the, the entire the entire day. And I think, and you're the first person who said that's what success starts with. Right. Hmm. Which is, which is beautiful. So Brian, I, what, what are your thoughts on that? I like, I like everything that you're both saying. I think, I think the, the person, the human being is mind, body, and spirit. So if for many people, I think the mind aspect is satisfied through their career aspirations because it tends to be intellectually stimulating uh, the body, you have to stay physical. Um, for Romy, yoga, I don't know if you do other things, uh, but that's an aspect of her life. Yeah. Yeah. She's not sacrificing that part of her life. She recognizes that that's a part of being a person. And then spirit, 
I don't know if I want to touch on that on Success Fundamentals because that's a whole <laughs> other podcast, but it's Absolutely. an aspect, aspect of, of being a person that should not be neglected. And um, I think, as you said, Romy, you don't want to make the defini- definition of success over-focusing on any uh, one of those aspects. You, you want to make sure that all of them are taken care of so you feel fulfilled. Absolutely. So, Romy, where can people find you? Please come to Fairy God Boss, register. We welcome women and men on our site as long as you consider yourself a male ally um, because a Fairy God Boss is anyone who's elevating women at work. Um, And you can also feel free to find me on LinkedIn. And uh, great talking, you guys. Thank you so much for having me and asking me very hard and provocative questions. (laughs) Absolutely. 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 So don't worry about it, audience. We will have every link to Romy in our show notes so you can follow, you can subscribe. Um, Romy, we want to thank you so much for joining us today on Success Fundamentals. Um, That's pretty much all I have. Uh, And we'll see you all next week. Namaste. Thanks for listening to the Success Fundamentals podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and leave a review.